You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. Uh, my special guest today is the co-founder of Surprise Industries, and she's also the co-author of the new book, Surprise. It's Tanya Luna, and this is a great book. It's going to get you thinking, and it's actually going to give you some uh, fun in your life. If those of you have forgotten how to do that, we're going to talk to Tanya a little bit about that. But the book's called Surprise, Embrace the Unpredictable and Engineer the Unexpected. So this is going to be great, and we're going to put Tanya to the test on, okay, this sounds good for people, but can we do it for our dogs and our cats as well? So we're going to put her to the test on that. So it's going to be a great episode. We're going to come right back after these commercial breaks. You're listening to Animal Rights Show on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Listen, cat people, it's just litter. Until you realize those big boxes mean big smells, big messes, and big money. Switch to World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter with concentrated power. It guarantees less smells, less work, all with less litter. Try the small bag that lasts one cat 30 days and you'll realize it's just litter. Unless it's World's Best Cat Litter. Find it at Target, Walmart, and at your local grocery and pet stores. Hi, Jill. I see you and Bella are enjoying this lovely day as well. It's a perfect day for a walk. Isn't that right, Bella? And what a colorful ID tag you have, Bella. It certainly puts my Rusty's boring engraved tag to shame. Isn't it great? It's a dog tag art tag. Dog tag art? Yeah. Dog tag art makes the world's coolest pet ID tags. Pick from hundreds of cute designs or upload your photos or artwork to create a unique tag of your own. They even give you four lines of text on the back of the tag for important contact information. I love it! But do they hold up? We have to replace Rusty's metal tags so often because the information wears away. Dog tag art tags are some of the highest quality pet tags out there. They're made with super durable stainless steel. Your information is always legible and the tags are guaranteed for life. Well, I'm sold. Where can I get my dog tag art tag for Rusty? Dogtagart.com Sounds great! We can't wait to get online and get a tag of our own. Dogtagart.com We keep best friends together. Use the coupon code RADIO for a 25% discount off any tag. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back. Welcome back to the Animal Rights Show on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and joining me now is Tanya Luna. Tanya, welcome to the show. Thank you. So excited to be here. Oh, we're so pleased to have you here, and uh, I, I'm excited about the book. I wanted the listeners to learn all they can about the book, Surprise, Embrace the Unpredictable, and Engineer the Unexpected. Tell us a little bit about the book. Yeah, sure. So the book is essentially an exploration of how we can get better at embracing surprise and uncertainty in our lives and how to engineer surprise for ourselves and others. And so it mostly focuses on surprise for humans, but essentially everything in the book applies to non-human animals as well. 
Now, we're talking about, you know, when you first look at the book, it's fun. It's a blue book with a orange cover, so everybody's going to, it's going to pop off the shelves. That's for sure. Everybody's going to see that. And then you look at the title and the subtitle and think, well, that's a lot of fun. And then you think, oh my goodness, this is going to get kind of deep on me here. (laughs) (laughs) But you find out it doesn't. So how did you go about writing a book that has, you know, full of human psychology and thought, these type of things? How did you come about taking that and turning it into something that would really excite people and really relate? late to uh, everyone. Yeah, well, you know, I think Leanne Renninger, who's my co-author, and I, our background is in psychology. So our perspective on life is always looking at everything through this lens of what's going on in our brains. But at the same time, we're kind of, you know, scientist practitioners. So we're always trying to figure out how does this stuff actually apply in the real world, in my day-to-day life? You know, how do I put it to use on Monday? So I think that the reason we went for this blend of kind of science and practical sort of playful ideas is that it's a a representation of how our brains work. We want to know the science, like the juicy how things work component. And we want to know, okay, now what what do I do with it? Yeah, and I think that's the key behind it is what do you do with it? I mean, <laughs> when you first made those comments, I, I imagined the Atlanta traffic that I'm driving in and somebody cutting me off and thinking, what is this guy thinking? What's he doing? But we're actually digging into it a, a little bit deeper. And then tell us, how do we apply all these juicy bits, all these thought patterns, these things that go along on in our minds? How do we apply that to everyday life and make it a, a fun life and exciting life? One of the ways that... I think about it. And actually, Leanne and I have a slightly different perspective on it. She's always thinking about how to add more surprise to her life. I'm always thinking about how to be comfortable with the surprise that I already have in life. So if you think about it from my side of it first, how do you get comfortable with surprise? One of the ways that you can kind of apply it to your everyday life is to just examine where you're pushing the pause button on surprise. Where is your life maybe a little bit too predictable? Where do you have too much routine and uncertainty? Because what we know from research is that uncertainty and surprise are emotion intensifiers. So surprise intensifies your emotions by about 400%. So step one is just letting go of some of that routine and predictability and leaving room for kind of mystery and suspense and question marks. And then the next phase is, okay, so now you're kind of allowing yourself to be a little bit more spontaneous, a little bit more surprising. How do you actually start kind of scheduling in surprise and creating opportunities to have unexpected interactions with others? And I think that's the most fascinating part of it all is the fact that, you know, surprise to me, when you, when I think of the word surprise, I always love surprises. So I, I, you know, I, I like my routine. I got to have my coffee, got everything, you know, in place, but I love the surprise aspect of it. But how do you, in world, do you schedule in your surprises and how do you know what surprises are going to excite you that you're going to schedule in? I think for me, what works really well is, well, a few things. For a while, I'm not really doing this anymore because my life has become less hectic. But when life was really hectic, I had a yes day. So Wednesday was my yes day. And that was the day that I, no matter what someone invited me to do or who asked me for my help with something, I would say yes. And I would often schedule my yes days like two, three months in advance. So, you know, it could be something where you're literally putting room on your calendar for saying yes to something that you wouldn't ordinarily do. Or you can just say, okay, you know what? For example, research shows that we're typically happier when we take short, quick vacations versus planning a long, elaborate vacation. So maybe take a Monday off and do something like say, okay, typically I walk left. This time I'm going to walk right. 
And I'm going to keep turning right until I bump into something that I've never seen before. You know, so it doesn't even have to be elaborate. It could be as small as just paying attention to what you typically do and then doing something different. There you go. That makes sense. Well, I tell my clients all the time, especially when they're out walking their dogs, is, you know, it's very important for dogs to become physically stimulated, but it's equally important for them to become mentally stimulated. And, uh, right. you know, and I talk about that in my, my upcoming book, Talking with Dogs and Cats. And one of the things that rings true with just what you said for the human is when you leave the house, when you typically go to your left, go to the right, see what right. happens. And that stimulates yeah. their mind. And I'm assuming it does that same thing for humans. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what, what happens with surprise? And, you know, when I say surprise, I think for a lot of people, they picture like, you know, people jumping out of cakes and surprise birthday parties and that kind of thing or, or getting cut off in traffic, which is the unpleasant side of surprise. But it's really anything that your brain isn't used to experiencing. So if you're expecting one thing and then you do something different, that releases dopamine in the brain, which is like that motivation, excitement, neurochemical. And that's the same for all animals, including humans. So for example, zoos already realize this and recognize this, that if you have too much comfort for an animal, it actually becomes really unhealthy. So you need weird little challenges and you need to, you know, get animals to work for their food and have like little puzzles that they play with and things like that. And human beings, dogs, cats, we all need that challenge of the unpredictable and the unexpected. That's wonderful. I think it's spot on what you're you're saying there. Of course you are. You're a professional. But I love how you tie, <laughs> you tie it in because this is really, when you think about it, uh, the commonalities of the brain, at least from a novice's standpoint, you know, obviously the, the mentality and the thinking and the process and the size and all that stuff with a canine's brain or a feline's mm-hmm. brain is going to be different than ours. But I think what you're saying is the chemical balances and, and what makes us tick and them tick, there's a lot of similarities there. Yeah, I mean, even down to things like, for example, surprise intensifying our senses. So if you look at what's going on in the brain, if we're in the midst of doing something that we've done before, it's almost like the brain flatlines for any animal, humans included. So our brains just don't pay attention when we're doing things that are predictable or expected because they don't have to, you know, it's more efficient to sort of ignore it. It's like you're driving a car, you're used to driving, you're not really paying attention to, you know, how to do it because it's so habitual. But when we start doing something new and different, our brains really light up and it's like a Christmas tree where there are all these new neural pathways that are being connected. And again, humans and and other animals, same exact response. Wow. Now, so do you think with, from the human aspect, do we look for ways to surprise ourselves? Like you're saying, Leanne looks for those ways to surprise herself. Mm-hmm. Do we actually do that or are we so complacent and we're so locked into our routines that we would rather not have any surprise even though our brains really need it? Yeah, it's a really good question. I, I think that most of us are not self-aware enough to know when we need more surprise, at least not from sort of a big picture perspective. I mean, we know that the brain has sort of evolved to crave comfort and predictability because for our ancestors, that was really hard to come by. You know, it's like sugar. You crave sugar because it was really hard to come by. But if you have too much sugar, it's really unhealthy. Same thing. If you have too much comfort, too much predictability, it's really unhealthy. Your body often isn't going to tell you, I need surprise. You know, we don't like, we don't know often that we're craving surprise, but maybe we'll feel kind of listless or bored all the time or tired or cranky or maybe a little bit depressed. And those are all symptoms of not having enough surprise in life. And I think some of us will kind of, for example, research shows that we really act out when we're bored. There's some new studies that that show that people would rather shock themselves, like apply an electric shock to their skin than sit in a room bored for 15 minutes. So, you know, we find little ways to counteract boredom, but 
typically those aren't very healthy ways. You know, we, we watch TV or we eat or, you know, we sort of get into fights without even knowing why we're getting in a fight because we're trying to self-stimulate. We're trying to surprise our brains, which typically because we're not thinking about it strategically, we're not making really good decisions about how to do it. That makes sense. That makes sense. So let's apply this to everyday life. So uh, our listeners, they love uh, doggies and kitties and anything that has uh, four legs, two legs, fins, feathers, or scales. (laughs) So if we have our favorite animal, pet, or uh, actually companion, what can we do? What is one key thing that you can do tomorrow or even today that would add surprise not only to you as the human companion, but also to your your favorite uh, animal? Oh, my gosh. So many things. I would say one of my favorite things to do with my animals is try to make their lives more interesting by instead of giving them all of their comforts, like feeding them the same way over and over and over again, hiding trees all over the house, you know, playing a game of go find it, (laughs) playing some sort of kind of like turning the, you know, if you live in an apartment or a house, turning it into some kind of adventure place you know, where they know it's a game and they're actively seeking things out together. I don't know if you could do it with fish as well. I know it works really well with (laughs) cats and dogs, although I do know that fish could be surprised. I should talk to a fish researcher. But, you know, it could be other little things like moving the furniture around every once in a while. You can actually see dogs and cats, you know, they notice it. They get excited. They get interested. You know, they start sniffing around and really interacting with their environments more. Also, just going places that you wouldn't ordinarily go, especially with their or dog friends, you know, so often we kind of take for granted that you can just go out on a walk and, and that's, you know, good exercise. But like you said before, you go to a different kind of location, play a different kind of game, eat a different kind of food somewhere, take baby carrots out to a strange park you've never been to before, and so much more excitement for the brain for both of your brains. Yeah, absolutely. And I would have to tell you, at least on my experiences from working uh, with my own fish, as well as working with the aquariums and uh, fish centers, yes, they do like the stimulation. They like it when you put Mm -hmm. a new plant in or you take their particular uh, coral rock and move it to a different area. Uh, They're very fascinated by that. Now, I should say they may not like it. They may prefer it in a different location, but I think they'll be stimulated by that and be interested to see what uh, what are you doing and why did you put that there and how did this Uh, how this little plant get here. And I think it's about balance. So ideally, you're not, you know, changing their plants and rocks around every single day. You know, you're creating a lot of stability and comfort. But just every once in a while, you know, once a week, if you add it something new, change something while keeping everything else the same, I think that's a really good balance for the brain. There you go. All right. So we got to give a shout out. You mentioned you have a, a critter collection. So who are your uh, <laughs> your friends? Give a shout out to them. What's their breed? What type are they? And uh, their names. Thank you. Well, so I, I have uh, two cats, Loki and oh, this other one was kind of a tough one, Plushka, mm-hmm. which is her, her original name is Plushka, which means cinnamon bun in Ukrainian. And she fell into a toilet when she was a kitten. So we renamed her Plushka. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nice. So her cats and our dog very, very sadly recently passed away and she was a, a wonderful pit bull who's a rescue dog who had a, a really, really tough life before we got her. She was a bait dog in dog fights and we had her for about five years and she just recently died and we miss her so, so very much. But we had so many surprising adventures together. Oh, and what, what was her name? Scarlet. Scarlet. I'm sure Scarlet's still around, obviously, and definitely in your heart. And uh, big kudos yeah. to you guys for uh, you bringing her into a great life. So that's great. Wonderful. 
Thank you. Well, we're going to take a quick little commercial break, uh, and then we'll come back and continue our conversation with Tanya Luna, talk to her about her book, Surprise, and talk to her about the whole writing process. I want to get into that as well. So everybody hang tight. Uh, you're listening to Animal Rights Show on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free and your pet is welcome. Shopping, adoptions, free nail trims, discounted shots and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more. Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's hit TV series Tank and Pit Boss online at AmazingPetExpos.com. Bring your pets to the Pet Expo. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com. Active for Pets is a new wellness platform and app that helps pet parents save time and money on their vet bills. Stop paying for unnecessary vet treatments. Consult with a vet online. Get unlimited access to your pet's entire health history from any computer or smartphone with the Active for Pets app. Vaccinations, medications, test results, and more. Active 4 Pets gives you access to a team of expert vets for non-emergency care. Make an appointment before, during, or after office hours. Skip the waiting room and get a secure online vet consult on your schedule. Taking care of your pets is as easy as it gets with Active 4 Pets. Ready to try Active 4 Pets? Listeners get 40% off a one-year membership. To get this great offer, use promo code PETLIFE on the sign-up page of Active4Pets.com. That's A-C-T-I-V, the number 4, P-E-T-S dot com. Or call 888-512-2848. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights Show on Pet Life Radio. It's your host, Tim Link. And I'm talking to uh, Tanya Luna today about her recently released book, Surprise, Embrace the Unpredictable and Engineer the Unexpected. So we're excited about that. And Tanya, I want to talk to you about the writing process in general. Uh, first of all, how did you come to write this book? Was it uh, over a couple of Chardonnays and got the epiphany <laughs> or was it on a dog walk, a cat excursion? How did you come about that? It's very strange. So Leanne, my co-author and I, Leanne Renninger, we met, I guess, now five years ago or so. We were introduced because she was studying, she had studied the psychology of surprise as part of her dissertation at the University of Vienna. She was looking at surprise and memory, and she found that surprise is one of the keys to our favorite memories. So she had, because of that finding, become really fascinated with surprise. 
I had been studying Surprise independently before I met her and I had this company, still have this company called Surprise Industries where we specialize in creating surprise experiences. She had at that point started Life Labs New York where I now also work with her doing training and so she was incorporating Surprise into her workshops. Anyway, we got introduced because we were both fascinated with Surprise, got together for bubble tea, not Chardonnay's, (laughs) bubble tea in Brooklyn and literally that first day that we met, I think we sat there, I don't even know, maybe four hours, we just sat there talking. And by the time we were finished with that conversation, somehow we already decided that we would start writing this book. And it was a very short process actually writing it, a very long process trying to structure it and decide how to squeeze all these things that we've been thinking about and talking about into a book and who would actually publish this thing. That part was very long, but the decision to write it, I don't know, was minutes. <laughs> and <laughs> The actual writing process was relatively short too. And then it's better formulating it, editing it, finding somebody to mm-hmm. uh, put it out there in the market. How'd you yeah. find the whole process? Was it, uh, was it enjoyable, frustrating, combination of all the above? <laughs> <laughs> You know, a lot of laughter and crying and anger and <laughs> all those emotions, a lot of surprises. You know, the things that we thought were going to be easy were hard. The things we thought were going to be hard were easy, that kind of thing. It was, you know, I think that the toughest part was just figuring out how to condense kind of years of thinking into a proposal for publishers so that they could understand the idea, get excited about it, and envision it as a book. I think I think that was the most challenging and also the most rewarding aspect of it. Yeah. Well, then taking the, um, the process of putting together a book and getting it out there on the shelves, how does that compare to some of your other writing? Because obviously, you write for Psychology Today and, and other publications. Mm-hmm. How do you compare the two, and, and are there certain components that blend in naturally? I think that, you know, when it's sort of shorter form, you know, blog posts, magazine articles, you have a beginning, middle and end, and you could see the end at the beginning. (laughs) I think with a book, you know, you're in chapter one, chapter two, you have no idea what chapter 10 is going to look like. At least we didn't. (laughs) And so I think that part could be really challenging because there's so much uncertainty with it. Um, speaking of uncertainty and surprise, I think it's more challenging. On the other hand, it's easier because you don't have to squeeze everything into 300 to 1,000 words. So I think that what really helped us was just looking at it chapter by chapter by chapter. And then, you know, there were a lot of chapters because we were looking at a chapter by chapter. A lot of chapters ended up getting cut. A lot of chapters ended up getting edited to the point where, you know, there are maybe three sentences that remain <laughs> from the original. It was really, really heavily edited. But when we looked at it as a, you know, one chapter at a time, almost like one article at a time, uh, it became a lot more manageable. It's fascinating with that because, uh, you know, I would agree with you. They both have their own set of challenges because, uh, you know, to me, writing for magazines and articles, these type of things like I do, trying to condense the wording so you get your point across, but yet you you are limited to how many words you can put in there compared to a book, which sometimes you think you've got more than enough. And then by the time uh, your first, second, third, eighth round of editing comes around, (laughs) (laughs) you decide, "Uh uh-oh, I'm a little short in certain areas. Yeah, and I think that probably what I still struggle with is I'll read a new study and I'll go, oh, you should have put that in the book. Or, you know, there's some great story that maybe we collected and then just saved under the wrong file name. And I'll be going through my my notes and Google documents and things and like slapping myself in the forehead because I'm going, oh, this would have been perfect. I can't believe I forgot to put this in. Whereas with an article, it's a little bit more forgiving because... 
shorter is better. With a book, because there's more space, you say, oh, why didn't I do this thing? So I think I have more bouts of regret when it comes to the book than with any other thing I've written. That's right. Well, hey, now you got a good excuse for you and Leanne to get back out there and put together yes. a surprise again, you know? And <laughs> You're right. You're right. That's how I look at it, too, right? I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, fine. Something We're, else. Something, that's something right. else with this. I always yeah. look for a series of books. That, that's what I say, Tanya. Look for a series of books. So surprise, surprise again, surprise again and again. So just yeah, keep it rolling. You, I like it. I, and that's I, what I, you've done with, with your books. Is that right? That's what I tried to, yeah, that's what I do, try to build upon them the best that I can and uh, take information that I've already shared with people and uh, polish it up a little bit and continue to offer it out there. But but you're right, especially when you're talking about not only uh, knowledgeable bits, but when you're tying in the stories and the real life experiences and everything like that into a book, there's going to be things that you have to leave out or you forget to put in there, et cetera, et cetera. And you just, you just have to make the book as successful as possible and hopefully the uh, editors in the publishing house once you come back again and again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, you know, I actually, this is something that I learned from Stephen King's book on writing. He talks about the writing process being, you know, writing being kind of the less important aspect of writing compared to editing. And really, I think that's so true. That's one of the big takeaways I had from this experience is just recognizing the importance of editing and the fact that the editing part takes longer (laughs) and is more effortful than the writing part. Absolutely. And just got to surround yourself with the best uh, editors you possibly can, I think is the, the key. And uh, you're going to yeah. come out with a great book like you guys did. It's a fantastic book. It's uh, I love how it applies to uh, not only the human life, but our animal life as well. So I think you guys did a great job of blending those two together. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I'll have to ask you one question after everybody picks up a copy of Surprise, Embrace the Unpredictable and Engineer the Unexpected. What do you hope after they read the book, they walk away with? What would be the key thing? One of the things that Leanne and I always talk about is this idea that we feel most comfortable when things are certain, but we feel most alive when they're not. And I would love for people to look at their personal lives, their professional lives, their lives with their pets and just say, you know, where am I maybe a little too comfortable? And when you look back on life, what are those memories you want to look back on? They're probably not going to be memories of doing the same old thing every day. Mm-hmm. So I just hope that people say, okay, where can I feel more alive? Where can I turn the volume up on the vibrancy of my everyday life, of my relationships, of my memories, and just do something a little different, do something surprising. You know, when you're deciding, when you're, when you're standing at that you know, kind of forking the road, metaphorical fork in the road between doing the expected thing and the slightly surprising thing. I just hope that people will do the slightly surprising thing. There you go. I like it. I like that a lot. And because I tell people every day to find your purpose, find your reason and follow it. But even with that, you know, you want to find those surprises within that. So even if you're enjoying what you're doing in life, look for exciting ways to uh, expand on that and to surprise yourself. I like it. Yeah, good time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think even with finding your purpose, it's all about being willing to take those small risks. You know, I, I think figuring out your path is also about being willing to take steps on that path, even when it isn't certain or it isn't predictable. That's right. That's right. That makes sense. All right. Well, Tanya, tell us a little bit about where people can find out more about your activities and events. Purchase the book. Give us the rundown. Sure. Yeah. So uh, you can check out surpriseology.com and uh, you can get information about the book there. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, but surpriseology.com, you can learn a little bit about Surprise Industries, where we have surprise experiences, and Life Labs New York, where we do training for companies. 
Very good. So everybody check that out. It's going to be a, a lot of fun. You're going to learn a lot from those uh, those websites in those areas. And definitely pick up a copy of the book. Once again, it's called Surprise, Embrace the Unpredictable and Engineer the Unexpected, uh, Tanya Luna and uh, Leanne Renninger, Ph.D. So a great job by both of you guys. And Tanya, thank you so much for setting aside some time and talking to us today. We really appreciate it. And uh, I'll keep track of you, and we'll see if we can get surprised somewhere down the road. Thank you. Likewise, I'm going to keep track of what you're up to and learn about how I can apply it to all my animals. There you go. Like it. I love it. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of the show today. So I want to thank everybody for listening to the Animal Rights Show on Pet Life Radio. I'd also like to thank our sponsors and producers for making the show possible. To find out more about me, Tim Link, and the other guests I've interviewed on the Animal Rights Show, you can go to PetLifeRadio.com, click on the Animal Rights icon, and download all those wonderful episodes. You know, while you're there, be sure to check out all the other wonderful hosts and shows on Pet Life Radio. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for this show, please email me. You can email me at Tim at PetLifeRadio.com. It's Tim at PetLifeRadio.com, and I'll be glad to answer your questions, entertain your comments, and bring on the people you want to hear most onto the show. So until next time, make sure you write a great story about the animals in your life, share it in a blog, article, or in a book, and who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.